As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Welcome back, you guys. I'm super excited you're here for another episode of the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast. This week's reviewer of the week is Lolo1694, and she says, can't recommend enough. I've been listening to this podcast since around eight weeks, and it is my go-to listen at any time. This is my third pregnancy, but will be my first little one to make it earthside. Oh, that's really sweet, and I'm so sorry about your other losses, but I'm so happy that you have a third and really successful pregnancy. And I love learning all the things to prepare myself for pregnancy, labor, and beyond. I have six friends that are also FTMs, which would be first-time moms, (laughs) due within two months of me, and I have recommended this podcast to all of them. Whether you're wanting a medicated birth or something a little more crunchy, this podcast is so helpful and educating either way. I'd give 10 stars if I could. Thank you so much, Lolo. I hope when you guys are listening along, you're feeling that way too. It doesn't matter what kind of birth you're preparing for, if it's medicated, if it's unmedicated, no matter what your decisions are as you plan and prep along the way and including postpartum, as long as you're getting the information and you feel support coming from this end, that's the goal. So no matter how you choose to get pregnancy, you have found the right podcast. And I hope that you're really excited to be here with us. Um, And especially today, because one of the favorites for people that have been listening recently is tell me all the birth stories. I want to hear all the birth stories as I prepare. And so I have with me today, Kayla and Grant, and I want to thank you for being here with us today. I'm very excited. Um, But they are going to tell us a little bit about their birth story. So she's pregnant right now. And when she reached out to me, I actually said, Oh, I have a fun idea. (laughs) Let's talk about you being pregnant 
right now and all the preparation that you're doing and then let's have you back on for the birth story so this is her second pregnancy and I'm gonna let her talk about that for a bit but she did some excellent prep work with her first pregnancy had an incredible birth with that baby and she's doing that again and so I thought it would be really fun for you to listen to what that sounds like before and then once that's fresh in her mind having her baby but on top of that she's also Pilates instructor extraordinaire from what I understand and she's going to talk to us a lot about core and core work and what you guys can do and she's also got a freebie for you so definitely head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash podcast find this episode and then you will scroll down to the bottom those are the show notes there will be a link there for you guys to download um, the freebie that we're talking about today and also to be able to listen through or look through all of the show notes and any other links that come up so without further ado (laughs) Kayla will you take a moment and introduce you and your husband well thank you so much for having us My husband's name is Grant, like you mentioned. We have been together for 10 years. We met my senior year of college, his junior year, so he's a little younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so together 10 years, married for six, and our youngest daughter is almost going to be two. So we'll have two under two for about a month here. (laughs) A little bit of crazy, but a lot of bit of fun, right? Yeah, that's what we hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know, all of my boys are two years apart, and it was like complete chaos for a while, and it's also the best ever. So, and especially as they get older, you're like, oh, I'm kind of actually glad I don't have like a three or four year gap. Like they're just doing their thing and going off together, and it's the best. But do you know if you're having a little boy or a little girl this time, or is it a surprise? We're having a boy this time. Yay! Yeah. That's so Very fun. excited. Aww. And we both kind of grew up. You did the up right thing by having gaps. the girl first. Oh, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Kayla's yeah, two older sisters awesome. are 10 and 15 years older, and my oh, brother's wow. four years older. So we're happy that we have them closer together to have that friendship, you know, and they're young. Yeah. So are you both the babies in your family then? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, I was going to say that little girl, it was funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally want the boy first, right? Like, if we have girls, he can protect her and all this. And then as soon as it came to, like, I want to be able to leave my kids at home and get a date night, we're like, we have three boys. We're never leaving. Like, they're going to forever need babysitters because they're just going to burn the house down. (laughs) So it took, it took, anyways, you'll love, I think that'll be wonderful having your little girl first. That's so fun. Okay. Will you tell me a little bit about your pregnancy? And so you said that they're very similar. So we can go off of like first pregnancy um, before you get to the birth, but I'd love to hear about this pregnancy too. And if there's anything that um, stood out to you or was kind of unique and you have kind of a unique story too, where, and I'll let you tell that, but you were like, uh, we weren't, I wasn't so sure that we were going to have some babies here. So if you're willing and open to share that, I'd love for you to share that with the audience. Yeah, I think that's probably where I'll get started. It was to the point where we were kind of needing to make a decision collectively if we were going to move forward and start a family, because if not, that kind of meant that we possibly needed to, to go our separate ways. So it was coming to a head, and I wasn't I wasn't at that point where I was like, having that feeling or that baby fever that people talk about. Um, And no matter how many times Grant and I had that discussion, it just didn't feel like the right time or that I was ready. So I decided to meet with an OB together and she actually recommended 
a counselor to start seeing. So I had a couple therapy sessions on my own with her, and then she gave me some homework exercises that I brought back to Grant and had us do those together and then come in for a couple's session. And after those uh, therapy sessions, I decided it was it was time to move forward and that we were going to start a family. And I think that just came with with more communication and having that yeah. open dialogue, I think, uh, a little bit more and being a little bit more serious about it. Because um, ultimately, I didn't not want kids, but I just I, I didn't know the extent of it. And I think also to the fearfulness of pregnancy and labor and delivery was something that just really scared me. <laughs> so you mind if I, and you don't have to answer this, but do you mind if I ask what it was around the pregnancy and delivery and everything that made you fearful? I think probably just the unknowingness about it, even regardless of having two sisters I was still a kid when they had babies, so I wasn't really around Mm -hmm. to be involved in their pregnancies or their their births and even being around them as young toddlers and infants because I was Mm -hmm. in high school and then I went off to college, so I missed a lot of those younger years. So it was all very, very unknown to me, so I think that was probably the the fearfulness of it and you have to know kayla she's very much a planner um (laughs) everything is planned out the way she needs it to be and has it exactly how she wants it which isn't a bad thing she does everything how she wants it she does it really well so when you add a kid and a birth into it you can't control that you can't plan that it's very hard so for her it was a big mental block and that therapist and you know going through that really helped her kind of break through that a little bit I love that that's where, first of all, I love that your provider is the one that recommended that, but I love that that's where that went for you, that you were able to have that conversation and whether or not you chose that kids, having kids or not having kids was right for you, just being able to have support walking through that I think is gold, right? Like we talk about that a lot on here. <laughs> Counseling is good. Communication is good. You talk about mental blocks, like imagine a woman that felt that way and got pregnant anyways, you know, like what would that do for pregnancy and birth? So I love that you took care of that first. That's really, really wonderful and good advice for moms listening. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think um, that uh, the counseling and the open communication is what led to yeah. then that pregnancy and delivery being what it was because we opened that line early on and he knew what my expectations were and I knew what his expectations were. So um, just having that support in such a kind of fearful and emotional roller coaster of a time for me. Yeah. So when you got pregnant, were you like excited when it finally went down? Or were you like, oh, <laughs> let's, we'll do it. I know I want to. Let's figure it out. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I was excited, but I was very happy that it happened on the first try and <laughs> that literally the first try no, no prep timing yet. yeah so I, <laughs> no buffer I was very grateful for that um but I I can't say that I was really like happy and super excited because I was still so unsure of it yeah that makes sense yeah totally yeah so tell me a little bit about your pregnancy were there things that stood out to you or were unique or you know what what is it that stands out to you about your 
last pregnancy and about your current pregnancy? Well, last pregnancy um, and this pregnancy, they're, they've both been very, very similar. Um, the biggest thing between the first pregnancy is just the amount of emotions and the unknowing. And there was a lot more, I guess, prep work probably that I did in the first pregnancy. And then this pregnancy has been a lot more kind of review of um, what we learned and what we practiced in the first pregnancy. Um, but the biggest thing that's that stands out in the first pregnancy is two months before I was due, literally every shut everything shut down because of COVID. <laughs> so along with the unknowingness of just pregnancy and then labor and delivery and having a newborn, all of that unknowingness, then now we have this pandemic on top of that. And then I was out of a job. So even more emotions on top of everything else. So it was just that that first pregnancy was a lot of tears. So, so, so emotional. (laughs) Poor Grant. He had to (laughs) really talk me off the ledge a lot. And in those last two months where it was kind of, um, there was a point where we didn't, I didn't know if he was going to be able to be in the delivery room with me. So we had a, a interview with a midwife and we're contemplating in home birth one month before I was due. Um, so that was probably the biggest shift of, of the two pregnancies is the emotions in the first. And this time I've been a lot more, um, open and accepting of the changes also to the bodily changes in the first pregnancy. You just want to be able to control everything like Grant said (laughs) and being in the health and fitness industry and, um, having that control over your body. Um, no, no matter what sort of like, you know, physical exercise that you're doing, you, you just still can't control the changes that your body goes through during pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I think, that that those are the biggest things is the emotional and then not being able to control the physical changes of the body in the first time (laughs) and comparing that to the second time the emotions have been a lot more at bay and then I've been a lot more just accepting of how the body is changing and just appreciating it a lot more this time through. I love that. I love the change that can happen there because I'm with you. I remember I think I was like 36 37 weeks with my first baby and I'm like like my I look really good I have no stretch marks like I'm so lucky I feel so happy you know these like superficial things that were making me happy in that moment (laughs) and my baby dropped and I like stretch marks and I was like you know (laughs) I'm like wait I didn't you know I didn't agree to this change and then I've got some on my hips and my butt and we're like wait hold up hold up you know I said I would have a baby not that I would allow it to do this to my body in this moment so um and it's so superficial, right? But it is like when, I don't know, when, like you said, health and fitness or whatever, or for myself, just like I felt comfortable in my body and then baby just kind of takes over. And so being, yeah, being able to come to a place where you're like, I appreciate this. <laughs> I am happy about these changes. Like how incredible that I can, you know, grow this baby and, and all of that. So um, I can relate to this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think too, um, just now having going through a year of postpartum and just looking back at like photographs and seeing how much the body changed in nine months in pregnancy and then a year postpartum it's 
It's really mind-blowing. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you talk about the superficial things, and we have so many of those discussions, you know, prior to the first baby of, like, you know, I'm in the fitness industry, and I'm doing filming, and I, you know, I don't want it to, you know, ruin my body. And and for me, there was never a doubt. She's, like, so hardworking, and I knew that she was going to get back into shape, and it wasn't going to be a problem. And not for my sake, for her sake, I was not worried about that. Yeah. And now, yeah. through this one, she knows she can do that. So I think the the thought process isn't so stressful for her about her body. It isn't so stressful that way. Our stress and our thoughts have gone into now our family is changing with two. And that's what we're thinking yeah. about versus the actual superficial things. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Grant, I was actually going to ask you because I know, I mean, I can only imagine as a mom what that would be like end of the pregnancy. 2020 has hit. Everything's shutting down. My husband not, might not be able to be with me. It sounds like you were her rock and saying all the right things, but I have to wonder what was that like for you from dad's perspective? Um, being with Kayla for 10 years, um, it's, it's kind of just one of those things that I'm, I'm kind of a solid, like level person most of the time. So I think that that's good for her. And that's kind of why we fit together. Well, is because I'm not an emotional up and down person. Um, I have my moments, but I try to stay solid for everybody. And I know that Kayla needs that, you know, to continue yeah. moving forward with things. So for me, it, it wasn't necessarily like harder to do that, you know, in that moment, but COVID and her being at home and not having that distraction of work as much and all mm. of that definitely was a bigger stress, but you can't prepare for that. There's nothing you can do to, to try sure. and, you know, prepare ahead of time. So it was just kind of staying calm and like explaining like, we're fine. We're together. We're going through this. We're nothing's going to happen between us and our family. It's just the external factors that we can't control. And if you can't control it, it's you, you can't you can't stress about it too much. And that's the hard part with Kayla is she's like I said she can want to control everything, and we couldn't. So it's just explaining yeah. that none of that mattered. We're having a baby. The baby is what matters, and we're going to go through the rest of it and be fine. So did you really feel that way or that was your like, I'm a little nervous inside too, but she needs to know it's okay. Honestly, no. You were just um, good. Because That's so good. I had my solid job. I, you know, I wasn't worried about that part of it. Her job we were worried about, but we had already talked about her possibly going on her own. And I fully supported that 100% even before COVID. If she wanted to do that, yeah. she could do it. She's successful with everything she does. And I wasn't worried about her doing that well. It was the logistics of it that we just had to figure out. And I was not worried. She was more worried. And I wasn't very worried. I love that. We need our men. That's <laughs> it's My husband's the same way where I'm like all these fears. And he's like, just chill. It's going to be fine. I'm like, How can you say that? I've, you know, I've just been through like all these scenarios. Trust me, it's not going to be fine. But it always <laughs> is, right? So <laughs> It somehow so, always I, ends up working out. Yeah. And I, what I love is like your story that comes from this too. And so that's what led to doing what you do today, which I want to get into in just a little bit, but that's, will you just share for a moment, like what ended up happening because of COVID? Yeah. So I went through my maternity leave as planned, no issues. Um, but because of the amount of people that were no longer coming to the gym that I was working at. There wasn't a demand for as many Pilates instructors and trainers to be on staff. So when my maternity leave ended, I wasn't offered a job back, essentially. I wasn't 
told that, yep, you're going to start back on this date. It was more of, we will give you a call back when we need you and essentially rehire you. (laughs) Um, And it may not be in the same position. It may have been as a trainer or something different too. So it was very unknown. And there wasn't a timeline on that because every time I had talked to my manager at that point, it was, um, they, they were just literally day by day because it could be one day we're open, one day we're not. So they were, they didn't really have answers or couldn't provide me any feedback either. So that was kind of the turning point was, I don't know if or when I'm going to go back to work. And I know myself that I am a better mom as a working mom. So Grant and I decided that if there was an opportunity for me to try to start my own business and be a Pilates instructor on my own, that now was the time because I wasn't leaving that job on bad terms. Um, And if it didn't work out on my own, then I could always go back to my previous company and work for them again. Um, But I'm very thankful that things have worked out how they have worked out. And I couldn't be happier because it has allowed us a much more better work-life balance. And I'm able to spend a lot more time with my little girl than I would have been working my other job. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I want to hear more about this. We're going to get into that after the birth story. Um, But okay, bringing you back. Thank you for sharing that. Bringing you back to this pregnancy. So with that first baby... Um, it sounds like you were in a hospital setting. Did you have an OB or a midwife? And same question for this pregnancy. Yes. So we hospital birth and we had an OB um, and she, I, I think she's more like a midwife, even though she is a dedicated OB practitioner. Um, and I just felt very, we both felt very connected with her. Um, when we met with her about the concerns prior to even getting pregnant and when she recommended that therapist, like she was just very open and gave us like literally as much time that we wanted to talk and connect with her. And I never felt rushed. Um, like I was like a patient. I, I felt like she truly cared. Like it did. It felt like, um, like a midwife appointment more than an OB appointment. And, um, she is, was definitely on board with, um, just, always listening to the patient, um, and never like rushing us. So she was our OB first pregnancy and has been, um, even more so this pregnancy. I kind of bounced around a little bit on the first pregnancy meeting with a couple other OBs and I did like them, but ultimately it always came back to her and I would prefer to always make my appointments with her, even though the chances of her actually delivering the baby are very small. (laughs) And that's, that ultimately was okay with me as long as I was getting the care that I wanted during pregnancy. So was she able to attend that birth or did you have a different OB for your birth? She was not able to attend that birth. I had a different OB, one that I had not ever met with. Um, and this time I'm just, I'm crossing my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that she'll, it'll just be her day to be on call. Yeah, I was asking that at go? the last appointment. I was asking, when is she, you know, on call? Because we're going to have the baby then. But obviously, we don't get to choose that. <laughs> yeah. But we lo- we actually, we really love her. She's been so awesome for us. So That's awesome. Um, how, and I want to hear, I'm curious from both of you, how did that go? Um, it sounds like you both enjoy working with her, especially during pregnancy. She clearly makes you feel supported and like you can advocate for yourself. So how did that go having someone you've never seen in your birth space for the actual birth? 
As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Ultimately, it didn't really make a difference for me. Um, once we get into the birth story a little bit more, like literally yeah. walked into the hospital and had to push and <laughs> um, I didn't think like the doctor was going to even make it there by the time the baby <laughs> came out. So it was, there wasn't really an interaction there because it was like babies coming in, babies here. Um, so yeah, it might be a little bit different this time um, because I do have to be at the hospital a little bit earlier because I um, tested positive for groupie strep this time where that wasn't the case last time. So I labored at home um, for the whole first pregnancy and um, labor. So things will be a little bit different. Um, that's why I think I'm really hoping for our, our regular OB to be there this time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Well, good. That I mean, that's awesome. I do want to hear more about the birth story. So we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we do, though, I you mentioned a little bit about the communication that you and, and Grant had, you and your husband, throughout pregnancy. I mean, if you had this kind of communication prior, I assume that you had good communication throughout pregnancy as well. Um, and Grant, maybe you can answer this question too, but I want to hear, Kayla, how do you feel that Grant supported you best during the pregnancy? And Grant, how do you feel like you were a support or what was the most useful for you guys as you prepared? Well, the biggest thing with the first pregnancy is um, our communication greatly improved because we took a pretty intensive birth class and it was a 12-week class and that included homework and a bunch of other things. So with that communication, I feel that we were able to get a little closer um, throughout the entire pregnancy just because of the activities and the meditation and the relaxing and a lot of um, things that that class had us doing um, improved our communication then throughout pregnancy and then throughout the labor. I love that. Yeah, I agree. And from my perspective, we had talked about doing this, you know, birthing class and I'm not a very like kumbaya, like person <laughs> that way, spiritual, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, but sure. I'm very open to, I was very open to doing whatever helps make Kayla more comfortable through it. And I was like, well, I guess it'd be good for me to learn about all this stuff and make sure I, you know, I'm informed. I'm kind of a research person anyways. So reluctantly, I agreed initially to do the class and she had kind of sold me on it because it was, a, you know, a, a husband based birth class when it's you're the main support person helping. And that's right. the philosophy of it. And I thought that was awesome because I think that that's important to do that together. So going through that class and learning everything we did and just how in depth it was, was just majorly eye opening. Um, understanding what her body goes through and what emotions she's going to be having 
and how to help cope with that on top of knowing her already and knowing kind of how to deal with the ups and downs and, and things that come with with just everyday life so it was very important and i was once we got to a few classes in i was like i'm in like let's do this this is awesome <laughs> so it was yeah. it brought us very very close through the first pregnancy that's awesome any good birth class should absolutely do that and that's my favorite part is like Right. Like I would even ask when I taught in home birth classes, it was like, OK, how many of you guys got dragged here because your wife asked you to be here? Not because this was your idea. Right. And like everyone's hand goes up. But seriously, <laughs> by by class three. Right. Everyone's like, holy cow. I didn't know that I didn't know. And this is interesting. And now I know how to support like the guys end up being, you know, the bigger advocates for birth preparation and supporting their wives than anyone else. So. That's really awesome. I love that you share that. <laughs> um, okay, so you talked about a little bit about the preparation. You said, you know, we took these great classes. They had um, practices for us and, and meditations and all this kind of stuff. And two, I know you said this pregnancy, you've been listening to the podcast and you've been grabbing some of that information that way too. So will you talk about a little bit about that preparation? Is it like a lot of research and what we're putting into our, our minds, what you're putting into your mind and, and thinking about? Is it the hands-on application of things, practicing relaxation or labor rehearsals together or communicating? Will you guys talk about what's working, what worked well last pregnancy that you're repeating and reviewing this pregnancy for this birth? Yeah, this pregnancy has been a lot more review of the material and a um, little less hands-on like a work um, with the course, I guess, because we're just kind of reviewing more of the materials, not necessarily doing the physical hands-on meditative and relaxation techniques um, from that course that we did in the first pregnancy. Um, but this is a lot more mindset work this round through a lot of listening to birth stories and discovering your podcast has been so, so helpful. And then um, also I, I read a book of birth stories in the first pregnancy, and then I'm reading an, a different book of birth stories this pregnancy, which are always so inspiring. And that was really why I started listening to your podcast, because birth stories leading up to birth is was super important and super inspiring and motivating for me um, to listen to other women's triumphs and um, adversities through labor and how they were able to do it. And I was like, okay, I can do this too. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. But then a lot more of um, like mantras and mindsets and then listening to meditations as well. Yeah, I love that. And I, I, I agree. It's a lot of mindset work is just so um, not just beneficial, but like especially as you have more kids, like very <laughs> necessary, relevant, like needed, all of that. So that's really awesome. All right. How about you? And dad, I guess I'd love to hear from you too. Like what are some things that stood out from you last pregnancy? What are you guys doing together this pregnancy as far as preparation that's been really useful for you? Um, I've been reading her these, like what are they called? Birth the mantras. The birth mantras. Um, so she's, it's really helped her, I think too, at night just to calm down. And then you, you know, you're thinking of all these things and we're in the stages the last couple of weeks of, well, this baby could be here at any moment. So I think that's helped, yeah. you know, calm her mind and my mind just at night when you have nothing else to think about other than, okay, when's it happening? When is this going to, you know, when are we going to go? And I think that's helped a lot. And to just get her in a mindset like she's ready for this and her body's ready for this. We've been there before. Um, and we just kind of got to calm ourselves down and, and let it happen when the baby's ready. So, Yeah, I love it. 
All right. Let's talk about that first birth story. And I didn't tell everybody how pregnant you are. So how many weeks <laughs> pregnant are you right now? I am 39 weeks and one day. We're glad she made it for the recording today. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> you never know. So yeah, it'll be, I'm excited because this is like right before it's time. And then we'll probably have you here just in a couple more weeks to be able to recap for us. So that'll be really cool. Um, but all right, tell me, tell me a little bit about your birth. Walk us through what that was like for you from that first contraction to delivering and a little bit of postpartum. Yeah, I think I'm going to take over the birth story just because we can hear our daughter waking up for, from her nap. So Grant's going to step away hey. while I share a little bit more about this. Um, okay. So with um, the first birth, I, it was my 40-week appointment, and I had been lying down reading the birth stories from the birth book that I was reading at the time and I got up to go to my 40-week appointment and I felt like a little rush of fluid and I was like well that was weird but it was very minimal and off to my appointment I went and I told her about the fluid and she was pretty adamant about wanting to check me and I have a um, just declined any cervical checks um, throughout that whole entire pregnancy and hadn't even declined it that day because I just figured, well, if that was my water, it's probably a sign that baby is going to be here soon. <laughs> so regardless yeah. of having a check or not, I didn't feel that it was necessary. So everything was fine. I left that appointment and came back home and it was a really nice spring day. So we decided to go on a three mile walk and I got home from that walk and was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just like, it's due date, like, the baby is, needs to come today. <laughs> so I decided to get on the birthing ball and, like, I just, like, literally, like, aggressively was bouncing up and down on the birthing ball. I was doing squats. I was trying all these stretches. And I was kind of just, like, starting to feel, like, some cramping. And then all of a sudden, I had to like go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> like my body was emptying out and still was feeling those cramps and was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure if this is, you know, anything. Um, but then they started getting a little more intense. And all of this was happening between like 5 and 7.30 p.m. Um, lots of trips to the bathroom. We had dinner. And finally, I was kind of like leaning over our kitchen island, having to like pause and like really go, okay, yeah, that was, that was kind of intense. <laughs> and that yeah. was the point where I finally like, was like, okay, I guess maybe I am in labor. <laughs> <laughs> and Grant had been commenting like, are you sh like, do you think these are contractions? I was like, no, I don't think these are contractions. I just have to go to the bathroom a lot. So <laughs> I <laughs> was really in denial that I was in labor for probably the entire first stage of labor. Because by now it was probably 8 p.m. and um, we were just kind of, you know, walking around the house. I really couldn't sit down. Like, I I, I felt, like, very antsy. So I was just constantly on my feet from, like, 5 until 8. And then 9 o'clock comes around and finally I was like, well, let's, let's try to just, like, walk around the block. Because the contractions were then starting to get pretty close together and a little bit more intense. So we just were slowly walking around the block outside, pitch black out, and every time a contraction would come, I would stop and kind of hang on to his shoulders and kind of just lean forward and just 
rock my hips back and forth and then off we would go again <laughs> walking a little bit further and that just kind of repeated itself for our our neighborhood block is maybe like a mile long and <laughs> i think we were out for an hour and a half before i was like <laughs> okay let's let's go back now and i was like maybe i should get in the bath so we have a big jacuzzi tub we started the jacuzzi tub and now it's probably 11 15 at night and I was like yeah you know I'm probably just gonna labor in here all night so why don't you go to bed and he sets me up with the iPad and it's just in the tub and <laughs> I sat down in the tub for five minutes and pushed play on the iPad to watch the movie and all of a sudden like I hear this like like pop like very <laughs> large pop and yeah it's like oh my gosh what was that and then I stood up but obviously I was in the bath so I couldn't really tell that it was my water so I stepped out of the tub and then I was like continually feeling the water mm-hmm. <laughs> rush down my legs so then I was like then I yelled for him as he like just turned out the lights to go to bed <laughs> and I said well I'm pretty sure my water just broke and then he's like well we should probably get going to the hospital and even at that point yet I was like no I don't think I want to go I don't I, I don't think I'm ready yet mm. and he was like okay how do I tell her she needs to get to the hospital without like <laughs> telling me I need to go <laughs> so yeah. he called the nurse's line and they were like yeah that's a pretty good indication that you should probably come in so he said the nurse really suggested we come in when the water breaks. So why don't you just, you know, take your time drying off, get dressed, I'll get everything in the car. And I was like, okay. And good thing <laughs> we did because it took me 45 minutes to get dressed, <laughs> get down the stairs and in the car just to leave because the contractions yeah. were coming on uh, so strong at that point. We never really timed contractions. Um, to be honest, I don't know, um, timing wise, uh, because we really never did. And then by the time we got into the car, I, it, it was, it was transition in the car when we were on the way to the hospital. And I did not know that at the time because I was just saying, Oh my gosh, you need to get there faster. Why are you, (laughs) I kept saying, why are you hitting every bump? It was like the worst (laughs) car ride ever. And I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm going to get there and I'm going to be a three. I kept saying, I'm going to only be three centimeters dilated. There's no way I can keep pushing through this. And those are, (laughs) that's the transition talk. But at the time I didn't know. Um, So we get to the hospital and they asked me if I wanted a wheelchair. And I said, no, I think I can make it. (laughs) I made it like five steps before having to like, keel over something and I think it was like the first chair that was available when I walked in the hospital door by now it's like midnight 12 30 one o'clock not even sure um the exact time that we got there but probably three to five contractions before actually getting into the triage room and um the water was still like just kind of like pouring (laughs) down my legs um from the bag of water is breaking, like just so much fluid and so much um, liquid when we were in triage. And then all of a sudden, like I just, I couldn't get comfortable again. I was still like constantly on my feet and I tried to sit down and I just said, I can't sit down. And um, I, I finally said, I have to push. And a nurse hadn't even come in at that point to like check us in. And 
So Grant started, I think he started to get a little nervous at that point because he started to hit the nurse button a couple times and then eventually swung the door open and looked for somebody and was like, she says she has to push. So then a nurse came in and said, well, clearly your waters have broken (laughs) because of all the (laughs) the fluid that was on the floor in the triage room. And I said, I really have to push. And she said, okay, we better get you across the hall into the delivery room. So from the triage room across the hall to the delivery room, I couldn't even make it from that room without having a contraction. So eventually made it into the room. I laid on the bed and the nurse checked me and she said, okay, you're a nine and a half. And I said, are you sure? (laughs) Because I didn't believe her. And she said, yep, I'm going to call the doctor. Um, But I... And looking back, I think she just said that I was a nine and a half to let the doctor get there. So I wouldn't, I wasn't pushing because (laughs) by the time she had checked me and by the time the doctor had gotten there, there were three to five more contractions that I was just hanging on to Grant's neck, like just bearing down, like my body was naturally Mm -hmm. pushing her out. And I was trying to like almost hold, hold, refrain myself from pushing, um, at that point. So yeah, (laughs) doctor came, I decided, I decided at that point I needed to lie down and because my legs have just, were just giving out, like they were shaking and trembling. So I went into the hospital bed and I classically pushed on my back through two, two contractions. And then when the third wave came, I was totally feeling the uh, ring of fire, and I said, I'm not doing another contraction, and I <laughs> forcefully pushed her out on that third <laughs> third set of pushes, and I probably should have slowed my roll a little bit and let one more wave come, because I did have some pretty significant uh, tearing from that aggressive push (laughs) to get her out, but her shoulders were also stuck. Um, But she came out and she was crying right away. They put her on my belly and I was trying to pull her up to my breast to do, to nurse right away. But the umbilical cord um, was so incredibly short that I couldn't Mm -hmm. get her up even to my breast because of how short the umbilical cord was. So then the doctor was like, okay, your placenta is going to come out. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? Like, I have to push again. (laughs) And (laughs) that was the most (laughs) relieving thing I have ever like felt compared to birth, (laughs) birthing (laughs) her. Like my, I I actually didn't even push the placenta out at all. Like that it just like slid out. And I like remember lying there. I was like, (gasps) oh. Like that felt so good. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it just almost felt like I lost like twenty pounds when the placenta came out. It was so relieving. And then, oh, that's neat. <laughs> of course, they were able to then move her up to my chest, and she nursed and latched right away. And it was just kind of like this like awing moment. Like it was, I oh, I just like so indescribable. You can't. Um, 
I, I just can't like even put it into words. And then looking over at Grant in that moment too, seeing tears in, in his eyes was, oh, it's just, it's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's really neat. Well, thank you for walking us through that. That's amazing. Birth is so powerful. And I love, I mean, even your first experience, the preparation that you put in, the practicing, the even, you know, the like pause to no, I'm okay. Let's, you know, and, and your husband to be able to say, yeah, you're doing great. Let's go to the hospital. You know, <laughs> like this is good timing. I'm aware of the signs. It's time to get moving. Yeah. All of that's really awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. It's so fun to relive that first birth story, but also to, with things being a little bit different now, the second time through not being able to have that opportunity to completely labor at home um just the two of us in such like an intimate setting um it's going to be a little bit different and so having more of that real hospital um birth this time through will be a much different experience yeah i'll be excited to hear how you feel about that postpartum you know after this next bb2 my guess is you're going to have a really great experience either way specifically if that's you know how your last birth went you're very prepared you you know you've done this before i think it's going to be a really excellent experience even if it's a little more time in the hospital setting so that'll be a really neat birth story i can't wait yeah one thing Uh, that i think that i want to share about like preparation going back to preparation for during this um pregnancy is I feel a little bit more hesitant and a little bit more, can can I do it again this time <laughs> through, knowing the sensations and knowing the intensity yeah. of it the first time. I almost feel a little bit more doubtful of myself this time. So that's where I think the mental and the mindset preparation this yeah. time has be, become more powerful than it was the first time was more of that partner husband connection. Um, whereas I think it's a little bit more on me this time, whereas I felt like the first time I had to prove something to myself that I could do it. And then now that I that I, I proved that to myself, now I'm doubting myself a little bit this time through. <laughs> So are you noticing that those mantras and things are helping? Yes, they're really helping. And I have Grant read like specific birth mantras to me every single night. And then I'll tell him like that was a really good one. So then he'll save that one. So when labor comes and I do have those doubtful moments that those are times where I, I need him to read me those mantras because they are so powerful for me. Yeah, I love that. I think that's an excellent idea. All right. I want to, so we're not taking up too much time and so we can jump off in just a minute, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a little bit what you do with Pilates. I want you to talk about the freebie and what you're offering women along with that, but two, why it's important and how you've used that, that core work, that breath work, everything that you're doing um, in regards to that for your pregnancy, birth and postpartum, or I guess more of like the pregnancy and postpartum, it's going to be benefits for birth. But how are you, how are you utilizing that? How do you hope that you hear other women using those things? Yeah, I think the biggest thing this round through is I was strictly only doing Pilates, breath work, and prenatal yoga this pregnancy, where the first pregnancy I was doing a little bit more intense um, weightlifting, crossfit crossfit and pilates um and then of course a lot of walking but this pregnancy has been a lot more gentler on my body a lot more mindful um and just utilizing 
the tools that I had from the previous pregnancy and implementing them more this pregnancy, especially with Pilates and the core work and the breath work um, and starting my own business and now really focusing on working with moms during pregnancy and postpartum and going through that now twice myself. I just feel so passionate about being able to empower moms and Pilates is really about moving the body from the core out and really your core is like it's the machine that moves you and especially during labor like that strength you need in your core and your pelvic floor to push baby out but then also that preparation that you do for that big day takes you beyond that into postpartum and I had a really, really great postpartum recovery with my first, and I'm only hoping that goes the same this time through because of all the hard work that I have put in with the core strength and um, the breath work and just really actually being very gentle with my body this time through versus doing that hard weight training um, that I did the first time. So I I feel a lot more in tune uh, this pregnancy, and I am so grateful and that I can share that now with others, whereas at my previous job, it wasn't, um, that wasn't as available um, working with yeah. prenatal and postpartum moms as it is now that I um, started Pilates Body by Kayla. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so talk to me just for a moment about the freebie download that you're offering to everyone. Yeah, um, so... And then- definitely where everyone can find you as well. The freebie guide is a guide for five moves to a stronger core. So it is essentially a beginner guide to Pilates and it's going to teach you five basic movements that you can do to help develop those deep core muscles. So that's another thing is uh, Pilates trains you how to activate your core properly, which is sometimes I feel that that is there's a little bit misconception on how we activate our core and during pregnancy we really have to retrain how to use our core muscles because of our rectus abdominis, that outer layer of abs no longer really works once the belly (laughs) and that muscle starts expanding, creating space for the baby. So we really have to work our deeper abdominal muscles, which is called our transverse abdominis. So that's really what this freebie guide is, um, teaching you five moves to strengthen your core. And you can find me um, mainly on Instagram and TikTok at Kayla underscore Brugger. And last name is spelled B-R-U-G-G-E-R. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, for the birth story, for the information, for the freebie. I think that's awesome. Even when we were talking um, just prior to, to being on the podcast together, you know, talking about breathing and our perineal area and like our just everything that goes along all that preparation and what a benefit it is once it comes to birth as well like being in tune with your body knowing how the different muscle groups work or even talking about core you know like how many women complain of like lower back pain or you know just these things that you're like well yeah because we've got this giant baby growing and pushing everything out like you're talking about and if we're not taking care of just that simple core work um then yeah it can it leads to like muscle strain and back pain and sleepless nights and and not that it's a fix all it's not going to cure everything but having that in place i think is super beneficial for every mom oh absolutely thank you so much for having me this is wonderful yeah it's so fun thanks kayla (laughs) Thank you. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. 
And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.